Hello, everyone, and welcome back. It's 2022. It is a new year, and we are back with a new episode of the Ampliverse Book Club. Today, we are discussing this month's book club selection. We read the novel, The Meaning of Mariah Carey, by the elusive chanteuse Mariah Carey with Michaela Angela Davis. Um, It... Yeah, let me just read the little thing. The global icon, award singer, award-winning singer, songwriter, producer, actress, mother, daughter, sister, storyteller, and artist finally tells the unfiltered story of her life in the meaning of Mariah Carey. So with you today to discuss this uh, elusive book uh, are your hosts. First off, uh, he is harmony out of the discordant elements of her life. It's me, RJ. Hello. <laughs> Next up, we have a spiritual force as a musical prodigy, Allie. Hello. Hi. A true force. (laughs) (laughs) And finally, we have an instant classic of pop diva literature. It's Catherine. Hello, diva. (laughs) Hi. Hi. I don't know how pop diva, but whatever. It's fine. We'll take it. Welcome, divas. Uh, as we're talking about the meaning of Mariah Carey today, and I want to start off by asking, what is everyone's personal connections to Mariah Carey? Because I think she came to our lives in different ways, different forms. Allie, I want to start with you. What? What? How did Mariah Carey come to you? <laughs> so I had very little familiarity with the Mariah Carey catalog. Mm-hmm. I um, I knew like some. I, I knew like always be my baby. And I knew fantasy because this, you can cut this out, but this is just a funny side story. When my brother was in elementary school, he did, uh, he was in a talent show and my dad like taped it. And in the talent show, there are these two girls who did a dance to fantasy by Mariah Carey. (laughs) But when I was younger and it took me a long time to realize, I thought that the song was like, she was saying sweet, sweet Madison. Like it, she was oh. singing to someone named Madison. And even now, like, even though I know it's fantasy, I'm like, I still am like, sweet, sweet Madison, babe. I'm like, who's Madison? <laughs> um, and then her uh, her duet with Whitney Houston for The Prince mm-hmm. of Egypt was a very formative song in my growing up. Um, and so, yeah, which I feel like my my lack of familiarity is kind of shocking, given that like all I ever want is for a woman to scream in my face. Yeah, I was about I, to say. So, yeah, all you I, do, all yeah. Allie does in her free time is watch belting Broadway videos. Yeah, so yes. So I was thinking about it because I've been listening to a lot of her, and I feel like because I feel like, and maybe you know you can challenge me on this, but I feel like her belt is not the first tool that she pulls out that's of the true. toolbox. That's true. And so I think that's why. But yeah. So anyway, very imp- yeah, impressive belt nonetheless. But yeah, it's you think about like her sultry voice and her whistle notes first, and then yeah. it's like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, and she can also belt like yeah, go like crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Catherine, how about you? What is Mariah to you? <laughs> All I knew about Mariah Carey prior to reading this book was that she loved Christmas and that she. <laughs> And then she's saying, all I want for Christmas is you. I have to be honest, I don't even know that I knew that she wrote it. Like, I knew she sang it, but I don't even know that I I I knew that she wrote it. I think that Um, was the biggest thing. I didn't realize, well, jumping ahead, but I didn't realize she wrote all of her songs. Such respect. Such respect. All of a sudden, I was like, damn. But I I haven't ever had, like, negative feelings toward Mariah Carey. I just didn't. I just didn't. 
I wasn't there. I wasn't yeah. part of it. And um, uh, I did love The Prince of Egypt, but I genuinely did not know that that was her with Whitney Houston until I read this book. So yeah, yeah. good time. Because in the actual movie, it's they sing them. the pop version and the credits, right? right? In exactly. the movie. It's, so, it's yeah. a Disney, you know. Yes. What the Disney, yeah. The what Disney they do. Yeah, with the big, yeah. yeah. Um, Mariah, so me growing up, I, she definitely had an impact. I think like the, the main song that was like in the radio and like was I, the music video is all like happening all the time. I used to watch like music videos all the time. Cause it was like, there was a ch MTV. And then also we had like in the Philippines had a local music channel called mix that would also just show music videos all the time. And so every day I would always see Heartbreaker, yes. which was her song with Jay-Z. And I was obsessed with that song. Know that song from top to bottom. And like that was my in to Mariah Carey, but also like being Filipino and having to sing karaoke multiple times growing up. We just knew the Mariah catalog because they're such great karaoke songs. <laughs> Uh, and so that was kind of my in, but also like she talks about in the book Divas Live 98, um, the VH1 Divas Live series, like every year they would do it. My dad was obsessed with them because he loves like Carol King, like Aretha, Donna Summer. He loves all those women. Um, so he would like buy the videos every year. So I, ha I had Divas Live 98 and I would watch it non stop i would watch it every day it was like it's gloria then mariah then shania then and I, it was funny because at the time i was like i don't know who carol king is who is that woman <laughs> i did i i was going to say she did i felt like it was it i almost felt like it was shade because she lists all the women and then she says carol king and then in parentheses of course because she wrote you make me feel like and i was like <laughs> Yeah, it's like I wasn't, I wasn't questioning Carol I King's presence. Like, like, who is this woman? Yeah, I gotta tell you, I heard the parentheses in the audiobook. Oh, really? I heard really? them. They, I mean, I just mean they. You can, you can tell that it was like an aside. She's like, of course, because she wrote. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That is so funny. Yeah, well, yeah. getting into that, Catherine, you famously uh, re, uh, listened to the books that we uh, read, and we want to know how was the experience. Uh, listening to this one specifically because both uh, Allie and I read this. Um, it was really, it was great. I mean, I, I usually enjoy them. So that's, but obviously there, there were some musical moments throughout. Yes. Um, however, I, um, I think that when I listen to audiobooks on their normal speed, I get bored. Like it doesn't move fast yeah. enough. You're reading yeah. too slow. So I can't. Um, I tried and uh, so I listened to it as I do all audiobooks at 1.4. Mm -hmm. So when she was singing, there was some uh, chipmunk oh, quality. And the pacing was weird. To the speed of the song because the song has a specific tempo. And yeah, yeah, so, but it was still really great and I really liked it. And again, it like, it, it was this moment for me because I never cared anything about Mariah Carey. And I listened to this book and it was kind of intimate, you know, to hear her talking about her life and the way that yeah. these, these moments that I don't even really know about, like I, I've now looked back at them having read the book. Um, mm -hmm. Like as I was listening, I was like, what's glitter? <laughs> like, I, nothing. Oh, no. I did not. Nothing. It's the RL so, moment. Oh yeah. my God. So. Catherine, it's so funny. Cause at, Ali and I are famously both gay men, so I think we were always <laughs> <laughs> familiar with all of these moments. 
Mm-hmm. That's so funny. Um, I mean, I think like, I don't know how it was for you, Allie, but I, for me, reading it definitely felt and sounded like I was listening to Mariah's voice. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like it got, because she does have that affectation when you watch her interviews and stuff. And also she adds it. She adds the darling. Like she adds all of the, those like Mariah-isms, but it's very like elevated and like sophisticated in a way. Yeah, I think so for me, and I, I'm sure it was different listening to it, but for me, the most Mariah, like when I felt like she was her most authentic mm-hmm. was the story that she told about Thanksgiving is canceled when yeah. she was at the restaurant with Tommy. Just the whole way that she described it and her, her internal monologue of like, what am I supposed to do? Call Mr. Purdue and let him know, like to stop. Like I, I felt like of, of the entire book, because the entire book was very authentic and intimate, but I just felt mm-hmm. like in that moment it was a hundred percent like she wasn't trying to like be Mariah. Uh, yeah, Carey. She, yeah, she yeah. was just like that. That's Mariah. Um, yeah. And I did, I did. I think after I read that part, I was like, I wish that there were a little bit more of that because she. Mm-hmm. There were a lot of times when she was like, you know, I use humor as a deflection, and and she would say that a lot, but then she wouldn't give an example, you know. <laughs> yeah. And so I was That's like, true, I yeah. wish that she had included more of those like internal monologues or yeah, yeah. But yeah, that's true. I didn't even make that connection. She definitely she did bring that up, especially in a lot of her childhood stuff of like my way in with the girls was that I was funny or whatever, which like, yeah, like that that specific Thanksgiving moment was like, oh, there she is. There's like Mm -hmm. that biting, like witty. But yeah, I think she wrote it still in the like I am looking back. So it's like respectful, but also like in the in the what we see Mariah now is like very, you know, sophisticated. Well, and also, yeah, and also you have to, first of all, I loved the darlings. I loved oh, yeah. them. Um, but um, also you have to think about looking back at a lot of this is probably pretty traumatic, even the stuff that, you know, and so it's like in 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 that lens for some people, it's more it's more difficult to add the yeah. humor in, in hindsight. Um, for true. others of us, it's like, oh, I can laugh about all that trauma now. Yeah. But, um, you know, so I wonder if that plays a part. Yeah. I mean, let's get into a little bit of that. So the, the book is structured like, you know, kind of like a, was it four, four acts, three acts, four, four. Um, and they go through like different major stages of her life. And it starts with her growing up as a biracial child. Like her mom is Italian. Her, her father is black, but I don't know. Irish. Oh, Irish. Sorry. Her mom is Irish. Her father is black, um, and all of her, all of her, all of the children are mixed, but she was definitely the lightest in fair and the lightest in hair too. Like she had like almost passing blonde hair and that biracial experience pretty much like spelled out her entire childhood, which I think like, I don't know, like it, it's, it's, it was such a deep dive into that experience of being biracial that I was really shocked and it made a lot of sense to like um how her career trajectory also also like like i think she wasn't she wouldn't have had that initial career i feel like if she wasn't that biracial passing and tommy was very focused on like you are gonna be you're not urban quote-unquote urban and that was always something that became like a a running theme in her life like she was never allowed to express her blackness because it was very much 
from the very beginning was like, you're not black enough to even dance for your aunts. So like that was, you know, almost something that uh, never got to, she never got to express that until very much after like her career with Tommy and she was on her own almost. So I was um, horrified by the teacher experience horrified uh, as yeah. a as, as a, a teacher. former teacher I was about to I'm say like yes. oh. I'm like bitch one of my favorite <laughs> stories of like one of my my very first job um teaching I was teaching in an inner city preschool in mm-hmm. um in Nashville mm-hmm. and there was this little girl that I freaking loved and she was just so creative and so like and she, you know, it was always this thing where the kids would draw or paint or whatever, do their thing. And, and what we did was say, okay, tell me about this. Right. Yeah. And then you write it on their picture so that their parents can see how they've expressed this in this, right. Whatever. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, tell me about this picture. She was so proud. And she goes, it's a madman with gloves. <laughs> and I'm like, I just can't picture anybody. Looking Anyone at a saying child, like, that's so wrong. Proud of what they've yeah. created yeah. and being like, you, you use the wrong color. Like, yeah. what? I was, I was horrified, horrified by that. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was all, um, It was really shocking and sad to read, but I think one of the things that I respected the most about the book was that she was like, I'm ending the cycle of generational trauma. Like I'm not, I'm not going to participate in it. And I think one of the things that she said a lot was like, we didn't, we just didn't have the language to talk about it. We didn't know how to address it. And so I really appreciated her sharing what must've been really difficult memories to, to like, reflect on that intensely to share that experience for like biracial kids today and to be able to to be those stories that like she was like I didn't you know growing up I didn't have anybody that looked like me to be able Mm -hmm. to like now for you know kids to be like point to her and be like okay I understand I get that and I think that's one of the things that I respect the most and I I'm I'm I don't know how to say this, but I'm I'm glad that she waited f- for the time to be right to have this conversation. Because yeah. I think if it had been written like five years ago, I think that people wouldn't have taken it as seriously as we do now. Yeah. Um, and so in that respect, I'm glad that she told the story in a period of time where it was going to be heard for what it was. Totally agree. Totally. Yeah. That was the thing that I kept thinking about reading it. I'm like, I'm so glad that we as a culture have more, yeah, like language, just more, more understanding than when we used to have about, about race and, um, especially when it comes to like interracial families and like just in general, like how families are set up now that I was like, I'm glad that we are all smarter or like have more thought behind so that we can kind of really understand and and not just like let her experience be like oh but she passed you know like it, right. it because like her, even if, like her siblings yeah because even if she did like she still went through like enormous kind of trauma and and yeah like her her siblings especially like being able to like having to see like you another person in your family that ha- has completely different experiences than you you know right. must be like well and i just ugh. Yeah. And I just mean like the way that her siblings like basically 
were it was her fault you know what i mean like they they like blamed it on her and it's like she can't control how she looks any more than you can control how you look like you would think that that would lead you to have some level of compassion but because their dad basically grew up or or you know gained a little bit more emotional intelligence Mm -hmm. in between their childhood and hers um it was just it was such a rift that they couldn't they couldn't let it go i i mean I'm, I assume that they associated those things like, yeah. which is, it, it just, anyway, I, I, that also was surprising to me that her own siblings like blamed her for her yeah. potential passingness, um, and didn't understand that she was suffering too. Yeah. I mean, while we're talking about her siblings, let's talk about Pat. Let's talk about the mom. And, when I realized that her mother was like a trained operatic diva, I was like, this explains so much about Mariah. So much. <laughs> I literally was like, oh, this explains a lot. And I think like, obviously when we think of Mariah Carey, we think of the term diva and even her, like she's definitely like claimed that in, in a, in a way. Um, but I feel like deconstructing that word uh, through like learning about her story has really kind of like opened my eyes of like, she literally was like, as even as a child singing and her mother would be like, you sing that wrong or like, that's not good. Or even the like, but then like she having the, like the thoughts of like, well, I know I'm actually doing this correctly and I'm singing better than my mother. And then like having to like go through all that idea of like, now I have to be, Oh my God. It was just, it was just so, fascinating but also like i would ne- if i if my mother was a was a uh was an operatic diva i would not handle it i would not be able to handle it <laughs> so more, more power to her that she was able to get through that yeah i i'm curious your opinion on i thought it was interesting because I mean, she told the book is mostly linear. I think, yeah. you know, there's things here and there that don't. Yeah. And she brought that up too. She was like, time is yeah, relative, yeah, yeah. whatever. <laughs> I thought, but what I thought was interesting was that she kind of, it, it was the way that she spoke about her siblings and her mom changed in, in the book at the time yeah. when she was like going to therapy and kind of relearning how to, and I thought it was interesting for her to, to, I I guess I'm just, I'm, I'm wondering what it must've been like for her to kind of use that old language in in the first part of the book and, and to go back and to use that because there's a part of me that's almost like, Oh, I, I don't, I wonder if I would have put it like at the beginning of the book and said, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, but I, I understand what she did, why she did that. But it was just interesting for me to think about her, you know, writing as if that was still their relationship. It was like happening. Yeah. yeah I definitely, there was a moment, like there was growing up when she came out with the emancipation of Mimi, I was like, oh, that Mariah Carey fully emancipated herself from her family. But then I was like, wait, no, she's a full adult when she came out of this album. So that makes no sense. But I think like I could tell that like emancipation definitely she like has taken that word and has really made it as like I it means a lot to her. I think like from 
letting herself go from Tommy and like uh, Sony, but then also her family. I I definitely noticed that shift of like, oh, now she's calling them ex-mother, ex-brother, ex-sister. So uh, yeah, I thought that was interesting too. And I, 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 I felt the like hesitation, I feel like of not wanting to talk about it. Cause she also kind of brought it up as like, you'll learn more or like, you'll know more why why this is weird or like why this is important but yeah it's it's definitely like a a very interesting part of writing about yourself and like memoirs you know it's like yeah. how do you how do you navigate that and having right. to go back to those times how do you marry the past with the present yeah you know yeah. um this is this is i'm shifting topics again so go i apologize ahead. let's shift but what I really, that one of the things that I learned about Mariah Carey that I really uh, found interesting and respected was her confidence level. Yeah. Like the whole time she knew when she was struggling, but she never was like, I can't do this or yeah. can I do this? Like it, it amazed me when she would say, this was the whole plan. This was the yeah. plan the whole time. This is the only plan there ever was. I was going to be a star and that's all there is to it because yeah. that's what I am. I was born that. And I wondered if her, uh, if her mother's attitude uh, maybe was a part of that. Like her, when we talk about her mom being the opera singer, mm. Um, but I, but I thought that was really cool because I feel like a lot of people that are, that have really made it, that are really famous, a lot of them have doubts. A yeah. lot of them feel insecure. And I was like, this is nice. Like to have somebody that's like, no, I'm not going to be falsely modest. I didn't yeah. think that I was going to make it. Yeah. I thought it was interesting because I totally agree with you, but I thought it was interesting how she kind of mirrored it. And she was like, I didn't think that I was allowed to have success in my professional life and in my personal life. Like I thought mm -hmm. it was one or the other. So I thought it was really interesting, um, her kind of talking about that. And, and I agree, like, I really respect her, like the confidence, especially musically to just yeah. be able to say, like, I don't care if you've been in the industry for all these years, like this is what people want to hear now. And this is what we're going to do, I think is... Yeah, it definitely gave me a huge respect for just like her talent cuz I think I think what led into that confidence is that she truly understood music, like how to build it, not only from like the lyrics but also like the melodies and like actually layering it. And when she would talk about like uh spending time in the studio, I was like, "Oh, wow. Like that's that's insane to think about like this this woman who I think we only see as like glitzy glamour like you know, performing live and like all of that, like she started with just spending like hours at like studios, just like listening to her songs over and over again and recording and layering and all that stuff that I was like, I never expected this to be like, I don't know. Like it was just, it was just so refreshing to be like, wow, she really knew. Yeah. She really knew her skills and her talent despite. And I think when you are going through like terrible personal trauma, you kind of have to latch on to the things that you know are true or like won't change. So I think that was super important for her to realize that she had the talent. Cause I think if she didn't, she would have been just as lost as like her siblings, I think, but because she knew that like, this is something I can do that no one else can do. Or like, this is something I'm really good at. I just have to keep onto this. Cause there's literally nothing else around me that I can, you know, latch yeah. on to so well and it's like good for her because so many I mean I, I like I find myself easily getting discouraged and like 
like the imposter syndrome takes over when things just slightly go wrong. So it's just, that's, again, it's just impressive to me that she was able to do that because certainly a lot of things were going wrong. I know. I mean, let's talk about glitter. Let's talk about TRL. Like I think she had to make so many decisions, like with so much pressure to do well that like, even if she knew it wasn't going well, like she still tried to push through because it's like, I know this is just part of it or like, this is just a step. Um, and she just kept going. Yeah. I, here's a, I think we finally had a reckoning with that piece of shit, Justin Timberlake with Britney Spears. Okay. We need to have a reckoning with Carson Daly. Because I was like, after reading all of that, I like I because I would have been like what nine and so I yeah. I remember like this going Something on happened. but I didn't yeah. and like the whole thing about like Mariah Carey like, stripping it's like first of all no she's not and it even right. it says that she on her, her Wikipedia <laughs> page it says that she performed a striptease I was like who's editing her Wikipedia page because yeah. they're incorrect they're not and lambs so, that's Tommy for sure. <laughs> Tommy. Yes, Tommy Tommy is on her Wikipedia page trying to. And so I just watching that whole thing, I was like, this is such bullshit because like she's very clearly trying to do a bit and he's just not Not playing along. He is not yes handing. No, at all. And I was like, I was like, I'm no, I'm done with this. I'm done with Carson Daly. I want to get him off the voice. Okay. Let's sign up change.org. Get rid of Carson Daly yes. for what she, what he did to Mariah what Carey. What he did to Mariah Carey. Justice for Mariah. <laughs> yes. I'm like, no, Ugh. we need to have a reckoning for this because. Well, yeah. yeah. So yeah. do you guys know, I don't know, and you maybe, I don't know if you do or not, before TRL. So I, I just need a, um, a timeline reminder. Mm-hmm. So was all of that stuff where she um, was like, basically institutionalized against her will, essentially. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Was that before the TRL situation and everybody knew it? No. Because he said TRL on the on the video, because I watched the video, mm-hmm. on the video, he it was like June or July of 2001. And Glitter, I guess the movie was coming out in 10 days when she was released. I, I don't know. I couldn't. I couldn't yeah, figure out the timeline. That's, I think that goes back to the whole time thing again. Because I, I, right. Because even later, she talked about like she was bringing up memories about leading up to glitter. I know that glitter was right. glitter was nine eleven, right? Well, mm-hmm. the the album was nine eleven. The movie okay. was a little later because she said okay. that the album was released on that same day, and she was in. The, she got released. Then. She was that day, yeah, on nine yeah. eleven. She was released, and then the movie came out. I thought, I thought she said ten days later after she was released. So I guess it was before, because that's what I was thinking. Was I was like, that would be even more purposeful if that had happened first, and then Carson had acted like that, like even no, more. Yeah, it was before because Lover Boy but it was, was June. Yeah, right. And she was promoting Lover Boy for TRL. So yeah, TRL right, right, was right. July. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, here, yeah. here I'm on her wiki. Um, so the TRL was July 19th, and then she was hospitalized on July 26th. Oh, so very, very close together. Yeah. And I mean, her brother probably used that against her, honestly, when he was like telling people yeah. don't let her out. Because she was like, I don't know what he said to them, but then they wouldn't let me leave. Yeah, yeah. That was pretty... And- 
Ugh, yeah. A mom calling the cops? What the hell? Okay. On your kid? Because she's yelling? Because you woke her up from a nap? I think I that she did a really good job of structuring this book as like that moment was truly the culmination of every like kind of microaggressive racial kind of things that she felt in her childhood. It all culminated in that, in that point that like at the end of the day, my mom will use her whiteness as her only mm-hmm. kind of like saving thing for herself that she could at the at the end of the day she can always save herself by using her whiteness even yeah. in front of her own kids that i was like oh ay pat yeah. my god pat's a real piece of work pat is a real piece of work and she read it, that letter to carson for pat i know <laughs> ay 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 there was that moment of uh like in the so in the book uh, Catherine, I don't know if, but we, in the book, the, in the middle, it's like all of the pictures and stuff. Oh, no, um, I did not. So, there, so some of the pictures that she uh, talk about in the story are in here. And the pictures of Pat, it is really like uncanny of like, oh, wow, you are. That is your mother. Like the features, uh, like her eyes and her face. I'm like, yeah, you are. You are your mother's daughter. Um, one of the good things I really loved about mariah's life is the whole Derek jeter romance and i literally i was i was like swooning i was like oh i'm so excited i was so hyped for Derek jeter i, I literally know. googled if the, i was like mariah carey marriages like i couldn't wait <laughs> to hear the story yeah i i had no idea i was I like me either yeah she was with Derek jeter it was insane. And like the way she was describing him, I was like, this is so hot. You two are both beautiful <laughs> at your prime. When she was like, he walked in and just like sweats. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> and then um, show, show Catherine the picture of them. It's so cute. It's so cute. I saw it's it so- and I was like, I want to cry. It's so cute. Oh my God. I'm going to Google this and see if and I can find And she's in like it. Yankee pajamas. Yeah. Like the baseball they are team. They're both like, beautiful. They're I know. So and like, I think what I loved most about it was that A, she was like, this is someone that's like me. I had never met someone like me before of like same background, same upbringing, same challenges that they faced growing up, but at the top of their game that like they overcame all of it that I was like exactly that that was really sad to me because it was like it was like this racism had engulfed her like she had been convinced by the racism around her that that was why her family was so broken was because it was interracial so when she saw his family exactly like hers in in so many um racial ways yeah the polar opposite every yeah. other way she was like wait this can work like yeah I, I feel like that was a pivotal moment for her just in realizing maybe how much i mean not that she didn't already realize how much the racism had impacted her but impacted yeah. her but the way that it had impacted her own thinking about herself you know mm-hmm. yeah i think too you know when people have such traumatic childhoods a lot of the like work in therapy can be giving yourself a childhood even as an adult or 
adolescence. And I felt like that was kind of that for her too, because she got to be in the situation where she was in a relationship with a man who was 20 years her senior, you know? And so this was Mm -hmm. like, she, like, she kind of got to be a kid and have like a fun, like fling with someone that was, you know, understood her and passionate and just I'm I'm really happy for them. I'm really happy happy for them. I know. And I think what I loved mo- most about it cuz like as I was reading it I was like okay obviously this this didn't last long so I was curious right. to see like Same. how how like she how it ended. But it was it ended still so beautifully of like we just we both obvi- we both weren't the same like you know like it just didn't work but like they still treasured so much that what they had that it was like, and that's okay that it was just that, that like we were together for this amount of time to, so that for her, she was like, so I could like basically realize that I am like a free person. Like I'm a free woman. And I was like, that's so beautiful that like it came at the right time. And there's no like hard feelings about like ending it or whatever, because they both just accepted that like, no, this is just, Two two ships passing in the night, you know. <laughs> yes, uh, I truly. I was like, I just want to read a day by day document of of their relationship. I was so in love with them. <laughs> oh, bless! Starting from before the roof. I know that mm-hmm. that whole like that whole scene of like kissing in the rain too. It was like this is so. Even if it may not be like completely true, but I'm like I don't care. She like, sold me in it. Like this must have been how she felt. So I was like, great, let's do it. Let's let's go full. All on. good stories deserve a little embellishment. Let's make yeah. a rom com about that relationship. Yes, absolutely, but with a happy it's, ending. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, they meet in the rain again. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I wanted um, to know more about her and Nick Cannon because I knew that they were divorced. Yes. But I mean, but I mean, I was glad that I I was grateful that there wasn't a story, I guess. You yeah. know, I was grateful that it was like we had two big egos and it didn't work, you know? Yeah. I so I there's there's two things for me. I There's one where I, I wonder if she's not saving some of this for a part two. Mm. Uh, because yeah, she there really, was so much. Yeah. It really like after like 2004, 2005, I f- like it was just like, okay, now we're at the end of the book. So I wonder if she's not saving. But the other part of it is I wonder if she's waiting for her kids to grow up because I could see like this is a stupid That's example, true. but like Kim Kardashian never talks about OJ Simpson like out of respect for his kids. This is a really mm-hmm. weird example, but <laughs> I <laughs> – um but and so i wonder if it's partly that too is that she doesn't like like, when her her children are young she doesn't want that kind of media attention around why like they she wants you know her kids to have a dad that they you know doesn't want to affect the way that they look at him like you said it was her it's it's her consciously choosing i will not repeat this generational trauma Mm -hmm. yeah i'm not gonna my Mm -hmm. kids are gonna have the best life they can have i know my god the luckiest kids ever she was describing (laughs) rock and roll rock and roll so cute so cute and then of course that's the next thing i did was google these kids because i'd never seen these kids before and then i was like instagram follow so now i'm (laughs) one of her 
10 million some odd Instagram you're, of, you're, you're in the flock of lambs. You are I a lamb. Am. Oh my I God. Am. I got to learn. I got to learn some music, I guess. Catherine just read the book and was like, I'm a lamb. I, justice for glitter. You know, I've never up. seen the movie, but well, it's definitely. ahead of its time. <laughs> well, I went to Toothsome last night and uh, I was telling, you know, um, my friends that I went with that I had read this book and that I really liked it. I was like, I actually really loved it. And they were like, what do you mean you didn't know any Mariah Carey songs? And they started playing them. I was like, nope. Nothing. Nope. And there were a couple like that I recognized Mm -hmm. that I was like, oh, I heard that on the radio once, you know, (laughs) like, but I, but I, I was like, no. And they're like, what do you mean? Like blowing up. They couldn't believe it. I will say like talking about lambs, she clearly was like, I feel like this is the first time I've ever heard someone address that. Like, wow, the power of gay Twitter (laughs) has really changed my career. I literally. uh, So, okay. I felt like that was honestly the hottest take of her book was She was like, thank God for social media. I know. I was like, I'm when she was like, I wish Princess Diana were around for social media. I was like, I thought I honestly of everything in that. But I was like, this is the hottest take. I know. Because I, because I was like, first of I'm all, kidding. not the time to mention her. But no. second, Princess Diana is, is in heaven. Like, why am I in it? Why am I being brought up? Keep, keep my name out keep of your my mouth. name out of this, girl. I didn't ask for this Jesus. because I was like, I wonder. I wonder, like, if you were to ask like Meghan Markle, would she be like, thank God for social media? Yeah. You know, I just think that so many celebrities are like, it's poisonous. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I can't be on it. And then Mariah Carey was like, love it. Love it. (laughs) They're doing the work for me. They love me. My cult, they're here for me. Mm -hmm. It is crazy. I literally wrote that down that like, it's insane that she said that about Princess (laughs) Di. I know. It was like, it was already crazy enough that she mentioned her. At being yeah. at that party, but then she brought her back up. I was like, okay. Insane. <laughs> um, okay. Well, one of the last things I did want to bring up is she obviously loved and worshipped uh, Marilyn Monroe. And I, I'm i curious to think, like, I think she illuminated a lot of parallels of, like, her life and, and, and Mariah, but uh, of her life and Marilyn's life, but Curious to think, like, is is Mariah Carey the was she the Marilyn Monroe of our of that generation? I don't know if I would go that far. Yeah, but I but I don't want to like dishonor the way that she views her journey. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I like, think if that's how you see it. Yeah, that's you, the girl. thing. I think she's like so folk. She focused a lot on it. I think obviously, like when you're a child and you want to like idolize. But I, I, she's definitely have gone above and beyond what I think Marilyn has achieved in her time. Well, and I, I, I just see them as having separate careers. Yeah. Like I think of Marilyn first and foremost as an actress. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that's what makes Mariah it never got to be. Well, she was, she was impressive. She got it. Yeah, but she was like, I. It took it that's forever. What she yeah. 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 No. So I did. I, I will say she's not dead yet. I know that's true. I will say, Precious is one of her performance in Precious is so good, and the way that she—I'm glad that she talked about it because I was so curious about like how did she kind of get into that role of like because it is like it is just a 
the fact that it was supposed to go to Hale and Mirren, first of all, I was like, did couldn't comprehend that. But yeah, it's such a stripped down performance that I was like, wow, like she is capable. And I think that was the mm-hmm. the best part was that she she was like, I didn't even know I was capable of just stripping everything down and really being an actor in that moment. And I know I was just very happy for her <laughs> that she got to experience yeah. that. Yeah. Can we talk about a couple of the shade moments just really yeah. quickly? Yes. Okay. Yes. The first one that I, I loved, I love a continuing gag when she said it was given to a singer whom I don't know. It was actually Jennifer Lopez. Oh my because that's God. Her, that's your famous thing is that whenever someone asks her about Jennifer Lopez, she's like, I don't know her. And I so I was like, I, first of all, obsessed with that. Yeah. Um, the divas thing. Oh my god! And I literally, when we watched it, I was like, I my favorite part was Patty, her talking to Patty Labelle after it, and she was like, "I'm glad you didn't join that hoedown." Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it was so clearly about Celine Dion. But she kept right? being like, "It must have been some, you know, I don't want to disrespect someone else's culture." I'm like the one French Canadian on the stage. <laughs> And it's like, there's literally film of this, Mariah. You don't think we're not all going to go watch it and see yeah. who the fuck you're talking about? I know. Sorry oh. if this is a family-friendly podcast. Is no, it's so, all right. Here you go. Okay, she, she dropped a couple F-bombs. I was like, oh, there's Mariah. <laughs> there she is. There she is. Um, well, I liked it. The one, other ones? The one other, this wasn't necessarily Shade, but I, all, I just didn't like the way that she wrote about it was the Muhammad Ali thing. <laughs> That I was like, that was cringy. And was watching really it, cringy. watching it was pretty insane. Of like, it was what cringy. is she doing? And she, like, he didn't know if he was gonna get up or not. Yeah, yeah, that was yeah. Well, and so then, so I watched the YouTube video of this performance, right? Mm-hmm. And I was looking at the comments, and you know, many of them are quite old, but yeah. there were some. There was one that was like, I love how respectful Mariah Carey is. It literally said that, and I was like, in her book. She specifically says, I was accidentally not respectful in this moment. <laughs> but it was like, when she gives the acknowledgement to his wife, I'm like, that's not that's not the definition and epitome of respect. Because she was like, you're sitting here too. Hi. Like, what? Uh, anyway, but I, that was the comment. I think those are like, obviously, like the moments that kind of define unfortunately defied Mariah right but like uh, even back then pre-social media not being able to get full pictures and full grasp of situations of all we had was just what we saw on tv or or in the press Mm -hmm. or whatever so it is nice to kind of like get some sort of not retribution but like get a bigger a fuller picture of like what was actually going on in Mariah's life like all during her like prime i would say yeah Yeah. in those in the 90s and early 2000s so um yeah i would like final if you if you were on goodreads and i'm i'm saying this now because i'm copying what uh, Catherine put in her like final notes but like what what would you rate this like stars wise um, I gave her five stars. She I gave did. her five. You gave I Mariah gave five, five, five I lambs. Don't even give, I don't even give all my Star five Wars Five butterflies. Five stars. <laughs> but, yeah. <clears throat> five yeah, charms on her charm stars. bracelet. I did. I w- four. I gave her a four. Yeah. I think I, 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 I gave her a five 
as well. I think just because I was, I think my lamb is showing where I'm like, I really, I really loved Mariah's music growing up and her, just her presence that I was like, I ate this up. Like I couldn't, I just couldn't See, stop I reading it. I gave it a five for the exact opposite reason because I went into this book <laughs> knowing not a damn thing yeah. about Mariah Carey. And I was like, this is great. <laughs> so awesome. I was like, you know what? You won. You won me over. Yeah. Uh, five stars. She did it. And that was the meaning of Mariah Carey. Okay. So for February, we'd like to uh, choose a new book for Black History Month. We are reading Black Boy Out of Time, a memoir by Hari Ziad. So let me read you the little descript. An eloquent, restless, and enlightening memoir by one of the most thought-provoking journalists today about growing up Black and queer in America, reuniting with the past, and coming of age their own way. One of 19 children in a blended family, Hari Ziyad was raised by a Hindu Hare Krishna mother and a Muslim father. Through reframing their own coming-of-age story, Ziad takes readers on a powerful journey of growing up queer and Black in Cleveland, Ohio, and of navigating the equally complex path toward finding their true self in New York City. Exploring childhood, gender, race, and the trust that is built, broken, and repaired through generations, Ziad investigates what it means to live beyond the limited narratives Black children are given and challenges the irreconcilable binaries that restrict them. Heartwarming and heart-wrenching, radical and reflective, Hari Ziad's vital memoir is for the outcast, the unheard, the unborn, and the dead. It offers us a new way to think about survival and the necessary disruption of social norms. It looks back in tenderness as well as justified rage, forces us to address where we are now, and born out of hope, illuminates the possibilities for the future. That is Black Boy Out of Time, a memoir by Hari Ziad. You can get a copy of that book on the Ambleverse Bookshop. Uh, if you purchase the book there, it not only helps the Ambleverse, but it also helps a local bookstore in your area. So that's at bookshop.org slash shop slash the Ampliverse. Thank you. Thank you so much for watching or listening along to the Ampliverse book club. You can find us and follow us on your social media at the Ampliverse on Twitter and on Instagram. And we can keep the conversation going across the Ampliverse by joining the Discord server linked on the episode. Finally, if you love the show and the others we do here, feel free to tip a dollar or two. You can do that on our Ko-fi linked on this episode, which helps the lights keep the lights on in our universe. Catherine, Allie, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure to read this book with you. Thank you. Thank you for making me read a book that I never would have read otherwise. And then really true. enjoyed. Mm -hmm. like, I know. Really I was enjoyed. really glad that we read like a pop, like a pop culture, pop diva book. Because yeah, I feel I would never also just pick this out. So I'm glad that we did. And now I'm so excited, Catherine, you get to deep dive into Mariah Carey's entire career. You're gonna hit some bangers. Vision, her first song, Vision of Love, is like my go-to karaoke. That is a belting song. I heard that for the first time this week and I was like, oh. Yeah. This, it's, and it's crazy to think about that was her first song. You're I can't just wait like, to watch Glitter. I can't yeah. wait. <laughs> oh, no. I'm too scared to watch Glitter. I'm not gonna lie. But maybe, You've not seen it? No, I have not. We should we should have a watch party. <laughs> we should. For the Patreon. Oh, justice for Glitter. Yes, for the Patreon. <laughs> justice for Glitter. Thank you again for joining us, uh, for joining our book club, and we will see you next month. Until then, read on. Bye. Ah, ah, ah. <laughs> <laughs> Stop.
Oh, my God.